today on the first episode of, well, Balls Deep. It's an episode of Balls Deep, but it's called Morning Glory. We're having a look at some potential fantasy trades. Who wins the trade? There isn't always a winner, but we're going to come up with a winner. I'll be joined by a couple of Aussies. Looking forward to this one. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Imagine you with all your complexity, perfection, all your imperfection. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, as I said, this is a, a new show, uh, something I'm trialling. It's something that I like to listen to when I hear other analysts doing things like this. So I just thought I'd do a show and, and maybe no one will listen to it. Maybe I'll be the only one that will listen to it. But recording at, uh, what, 8.22pm Australian time. So this is going to be a show focused on... Uh, analysts in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, a bit hard to get the US guys on at this time because it's, what, 1am in on the West Coast and 4am on the East Coast in the States. So uh, I'm not expecting anyone to get up at that time. I'm going to bring the boys in. Skitty, Matty G uh, from Insight Fantasy Sports. Uh, Merry Christmas, guys. I know, I know, Matty, you had a bit of a, well, an interesting time up in Queensland yeah. with some... Uh, Weather-related challenges. Um, yep. You're, you're yep. back. You, you're safe now. You've got electricity. You've got internet. Um, I'm back us- in another state. No, I, I've come back to another state. <laughs> yeah. I just have to get. I've got to get the fuck out of there. I hope we can swear on this pod. Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, no. Look, it was. I was on the Gold Coast. Yeah, too late now. B Dub can get the sensor button out. So I was on the Gold Coast uh, in Queensland with uh, mum and dad and the families, uh, my wife's family, my family, all together. Christmas night storms took our power um, over 150,000, 160,000 homes across Southeast Queensland without power for a couple of days. So shout out to everyone still going there. I still know it's not right, but I flew back to Sydney this morning with the, with the little one uh, to get him back down here because um, it wasn't ideal. So back in the land of the living. And look, there's power, which is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, and Skitty, your Christmas probably not as exciting as, uh, as Maddie's there, but I uh, hope you had a good one. Yeah, mate, I appreciate it. Uh, Definitely not as exciting as G's or eventful as G's. Mine was just filled with family and friends. Um, Been getting on the golf course a little bit as well, which I've just come from today. So that's pretty good. And uh, yeah, nothing else really to report, mate. But Merry Christmas to you and yours and a Happy New Year to everyone coming up. So, And uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Like, oh, I feel so bloody honoured right now. This is fantastic. So... I'm very, yeah, can very you tell us about, about this? I think everyone <laughs> needs to know what the hell is going on because you reached out and said, "Mate, do you want to do this show?" And you've got this amazing idea. Tell, uh, can you tell everyone like what what this is all about, brother? Yeah, so like I said, it's something I, I like to when other analysts do it on their show. I really mm. like to listen to it. I think it's it's simple, it's interesting. A very common question that I get a lot of on on Twitter now, now that the season's up and running, when we're we're sort of halfway through, is is trades. It's to do with trades. And should I make this trade? Who wins the trade? It's a common question. Who wins the trade? As analysts, we know that 
it is possible for both people to win a trade um, because of categorical need and scheduling and all that sort of stuff. But it's still a question that we get and it's still an answer people like to hear. So basically my idea for this show is we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, just some recent news. So things that happened today and, and looking ahead to tomorrow's games, five minutes, not much. Yeah. Um, but what I've asked you both to do is to come up with two potential or theoretical traits based on player ranks over the last three weeks. So that's about 10 games. Usually three weeks is is 10 to 12 games. Um, so I said, come up with two players that have, have a fairly similar rank. They don't need to be ranked right next to each other. I think players with who play a similar position makes this a lot easier because yeah. the answer, if, you, if you've got a centre and a guard, the answer can always be, well, do you need rebounds and blocks or do you need assists and steals? So that weighs into it. But if you've got two guards or two centres or two wings, then we look a little bit more at, at the players themselves rather than just mm. the stats that they're producing. So we've each come up with two. So a total of six. We're going to go around, talk about who we would prefer in that trade. And given we've got three of us, we'll have a winner. Someone yeah. <laughs> will someone will get at least two votes, maybe three. So we'll have a winner. So look, it's just it's it's just a fun activity that I like doing. Um, I'm usually recording podcasts at seven in the morning or eight in the morning. So I just want to do a nighttime podcast because then I don't look like a cheap drunk at seven in the morning. With is that a drink. the ginger? <laughs> is that the fat? Is that the fat lamb? Is that the ginger? It is. Yes. Oh, it well is. played, sir. If yeah, look, very nice obviously, rub. this is speaking. Yeah, anyone speaking from Australia, if you're not on <laughs> alcoholic ginger beer at this stage mm. of your life, you you are missing out, and that wins the trade every time. It yeah. does, and and yeah, the, the, the little fat lamb is is eight percent, so it's it's also uh, a little bit kick there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I bet you with the forty three percent straight. <laughs> Let me go to the cupboard. Don't make me go to the to the, to the whiskey cellar. Here we yeah, go. No, no my, my wife has already told me she's uh, in the spare bed tonight because yeah. <laughs> because I'm having the ginger beer. So she knows that that might result in some snoring. Um, yeah. But that's another podcast. We we don't need to yeah. talk about that here. Um, what we will do is just touch on some news though. So just some injuries, things that happened today. Um, the the interesting one, probably not the biggest one, but the the most interesting is Aaron Gordon. So he is going to miss at least a couple of games with uh, dog bites. So he had fun with his dogs and uh, 21 stitches, I think it was, hands yep. and face. Yep. Um, so, look, I mean, this could be a couple of games. It could be it could be a few weeks. Um, yep. I remember when Marcus Smart punched that yep. painting or, or whatever he did and, yeah. and he split his hand open. He was out for That's a while. Right. Yep. Um, so... Yeah. We don't know how long this is, but in terms of fantasy now, Peyton Watson comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Strouther comes Strouther. to mind as well. They're, yep. they're probably the two big ones. Would you agree with that? Or is there anyone else that we might want to keep an eye on? I think, I mean, oh, I don't know who you think is Skitty. I'm leaning just some extra love towards KCP. Because he's a little Mr. Interchangeable, Mr. Fix-It. So if you're starting guys who's there, the one who guy who picks up a lot of the slack a lot of the time is KCP as a starter. So maybe some extra run there. Michael yeah. Porter, Jr., too, would get some extra run. I see 
only one player that plays that same kind of style that Aaron Gordon does, and that is Peyton Watson. Because pa- yep. Aaron Gordon does that little bit of everything, and he helps on the rebounds against Jokic. He's in that dunker spot as well when uh, Jokic is in the post, and then he goes those little lobs to Gordon. I think the only one that they can actually really do it in is Watson. I think Watson's been already like kind of been trained on how to do yeah. Gordon's role when Jokic is on the floor. So I can only say it is him um, unless they put Porter to the four, KCP to the three, Murray to the two, and then run a bit more Reggie Jackson in that just to get a bit more experience, a bit more ball handling to be able to help. Cause Gordon does do a bit of those things. So yeah. I think it's going to be a bit of an interchangeable mix, uh, but I think Watson will be the main source of uh, beneficiary on this. Uh, just sucks for Schmacko. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has Rottweilers. So yep. shit, if he if they got him, yeah, that's not going to tickle. Uh, yep. Yeah, that sucks. That's a couple of weeks. Like those injuries, especially to the face, like those, like those. If it's a Roddy, whoa. Like he'll he'll be going back in a couple of weeks. I'd probably say like that, and he'll be obviously probably wearing a facial guard if it's inflamed with the sweat that would mm. get in there that can cause infections. So I guess they'd be pl- treating it on the safe side to avoid anything more serious there, Kingy. That'd be. Because I'm a doctor. The Nets are all uh, sorry, they're not the Nets. The the Nuggets are also in a position where they don't need to rush him. Like they, they don't need him there. They'll win without him. Um yep. as you said, he does do a lot, but he's he's not a uh Murray and Jokic are the two key guys and, and they'll just 100%. slide in Watson and Strather and these guys. So mm. yeah, look, I think I don't think there's a clear ad or anything here. I think, as we've said, it's probably KCP gets a bump. Um, Watson would probably be the one, if I had to say take a flyer on someone who's yeah. not rostered, it would be Watson. Those 12-team leagues with like 14 or 15 roster spots and you can burn and turn yeah. a guy. Like definitely yeah. look at those. But there's a pickup for you and you see where it goes and if it's just horseshit, just get rid of it. Easy. Yeah. I'm um, a bit worried actually that they might actually start Justin Holiday instead. Um, just for a bit more veteran presence and a bit more shooting. Yeah. And yuck. That's all yeah. I have to say. <laughs> fucking yuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, fair enough. If if for some reason he gets 28, 30 minutes, maybe, maybe That's... he has some value for steals and threes. But yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that even if he starts, he only plays sort of 20 minutes and they give yeah. 28, 30 to, to Watson or, or Strouther. Yeah. So um, Jabari Smith went down today with an ankle mm. injury. Um, no word yet on, on how severe this is. I guess we're looking at a week, maybe two weeks, mm-hmm. up to four or five. I mean, Marcus Smart missed five weeks with his, so we just don't know yep. yet. Yep. Um, Tari Eason is, is the obvious yep name here who mm. if he is available he's probably not i think he, he's mm. probably rostered in most leagues now but if he is available uh he would be the guy that we'd be targeting he got five steals today from memory actually yep he did. can he finally can, can he, funnily enough 55 percent rostered in yahoo and he's actually gone down one percent in the last okay. day and this is okay. just after here in Australia. So we're looking at the ads that have come after the news. Generally starts in Australia in our daylight savings time, about 7 p.m. So these yep. are the ads that have come. He's actually dropped off 1% in that wow. short amount of time already, which is a surprising move. So this is obviously someone you could swoop on very quickly. Yeah. Yep. If he's there. Um, we talked about Jock Landale uh, off air, the fact that he actually played today. 
I, he's not going to play yeah. enough to to yeah. be a 12-team guy or anything like that. But for us Aussies, we just like seeing them get out on the court. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jabari Smith had been playing that that backup center role or taking those minutes. So with him with him gone, I think Landale probably features in the rotation. It, it's not fantasy news really. It's more just yeah. Aussie news because we're Aussie. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, nothing super exciting. Anyone else there? I guess from the Rockets, like it's Tari Eason, maybe a Men Thompson. Um, Jeff Green. You'd love to see, love to see Cam Whitmore get some more run and get off a leash yeah. here and there, but that's just not happening so far yet. And I mean, look, it's again, it's just all about by committee. Like, so we just take a chance on Tari Eason if he's still there because you know yeah. we get him because he's the best shot. Cam Whitmore's there, but if he like he put up some points today, but nothing else. But that's mm. like the five seals for him, Tari as well. They were nice. But the rest of it was pretty horseshit, if we're honest. So, yeah, I mean, yep. Cam Whitmore, twelve points, look, one rebound, one block, amazing, <laughs> well done. What a what a well-rounded stat line that is. But then again, like, Cam, like Jabari Smith Jr. has been an absolute. He was on waiver wires to start the season here and there as well. Mm. People drafted yeah. him with some upside. He went off. Yep. So, I would be probably more interested in watching and monitoring my waiver wire if it is a sustained injury for a while, and picking him up. And if I've got an IR spot, and someone's got someone they like better than I are, there might be an opportunity. So I just keep my eye on him. I'll click him on your watch list and see what that comes of it. Yep. Love that. Yeah, yeah i got nothing else to add on that. That's uh, It's Tari. For me, I mean, I think he's the only one logically, like you could see a men come in there, but I think they value Smith's rebounding next to Shingoon very highly. So I think Tari is pretty much the only one that can actually counterbalance that rebounding side, I think. And, um, yeah, that's that's yep. the only one that I've got really there. Yeah, uh, and then just one last one we'll we'll touch on before we move uh, into the the player battles or the the trade scenarios, whatever we're mm-hmm. calling it. Is Kyrie Irving uh, slated or possible to return later this week? Uh, he's been out for a little while with that pretty awkward looking leg injury that he suffered, um, mm. but with him coming back, it's Speaking of Australians, Dante Exum, who has been thriving uh, over the last couple of weeks, he will take a hit, but he is going to start. So Jason Kidd has come out and said that that Exum will continue to start alongside Irving and uh, Doncic with Derek Jones as the fourth starter and uh, Lively as the fifth starter. So Hardaway will move back to the bench. Grant Williams will move to the bench. So what... uh, because we're about to talk about Kyrie, so I don't want to focus yeah. too much on, on him here. <laughs> I want to focus more on Dante Exum and Derek Jones because both have been yeah. must roster players over the last yep. two, three weeks. With Kyrie back, do you think they can maintain 12-team value or are we looking at selling high in the next few days? It depends on what you value and get. I mean, like Dante's been playing well. He's come out as a starter. You'd have to see how that role fits in. So again, his whole like essentially, I mean, you saw it again. His big blow up game was that like the Lakers game, yeah. which put everyone on notice. But then again, that was also dumb shit basketball by the Lakers. Like, oh, the guy's made five. We sh- we shouldn't just put our hands up. No, let's just no. He he'll miss next one. It's fine. And they didn't close that out. So I mean, that put him on everyone's radar. Look, to be honest, I think it's a good shout to sell high on the bloke if you can. If you can get someone back who's going to be who's going to be like, oh, he's still going to start. He's still going to be productive. He's still going to be awesome. Well, he might be very good. 
but will he be as awesome? I don't think with Kyrie, he will be as good in the team. There's just not that many touches. He'll be a great spot-up shooter. He'll, he'll get some threes. He'll get some distribution, but he won't le- return the current level of excellence that he's been doing. So, yeah. And Derek Jones Jr., I mean, that's the guy you can look at because he's only 20% owned in Yahoo leagues yeah. as well. So, I mean, I'd still be looking at him to return you some form of value around the fringes, but I'd be moving on Dante Exum as a sell high if you can in the next couple of games. Yeah, I think G says that perfectly. Um, uh, Dante, I just don't think there's enough of the ball for him with Kyrie coming back in there as well. And I don't think he um, provides enough, like without the uh, without the assist there, that Kyrie will probably take the ball out of Exum's hands. But Jones is more of the spot-up shooter, rebounder, defensive stats that you're kind of going to be able to get. And Kyrie doesn't impact that. So... I think it's Derek over Exum. And if someone wants to take high on Exum, you take that. Um, and I think there's no questions asked about that, in my opinion. Even though I yeah. love him because Aussies. Woo! Yeah, but that's right. Crazy, yeah, great to see him flying. <laughs> great to see him flying. It is. It is. Yep. Um, yeah, and yeah, look, it's. I, could I have like been a Cavalier, Skitty. He could have been a Cavalier again. Could have been a Cavalier. Uh, I like to try and stay positive. And so I think, as you've said, with Kyrie back it's going to take the ball out of his hands a little bit more mm-hmm. but he is a much improved perimeter shooter um, we've seen that so he can play that spot up role as well he's both he and Derek Jones provide them really good length uh, on the mm-hmm. wing defending the wing so I think that's going to keep him on the floor for 26 28 minutes a night um, I think they'll just short, they'll shorten up that rotation eventually and, and run with seven or eight players and, and Exum will be one of those seven, uh, as will Derek Jones. So I think I agree. I think Jones is probably the preferred option and probably the one that can maintain higher value moving forward. But it, it, look, if you can't if you can't get a top one hundred guy for Exum, I'd probably I'd just hold him and, and ride yeah. this out as long as you can, yeah. and then and then move on. Uh, I don't know yeah. whether anyone would give you a a top one hundred or a top eighty player for him. I doubt it, but. It's worth a Here's shot. Here's one you throw out there. You know, he comes to my mind, and I don't know why this sits in my mind. And this might be bloody lunacy for me, but maybe you'd throw out a Dante Exum for someone like Bogdan Bogdanovich over in Atlanta. That guy, six yeah, minute kind of role. Yeah. You know, and but there's some there's some continued value because Bogdan's been great this year. But with Kyrie returning, it's your time for that window to shut right now. And so I'd move on it. And there he is, Kyrie Irving. It is. Uh, so the first of our our battles. Uh, now, this was yours, Skitty, I believe. Yeah. Yep, this was one of yours. Yeah. So Derek White and Kyrie Irving. Now, obviously, Kyrie hasn't played a lot in the last three weeks, but we know who he is. We, we know what his fantasy value is. Yep. Um, Derek White has exceeded everyone's expectations this season, <laughs> I think. So the the it's a simple exercise. If mm. if these two players were up for a, in a trade situation, who would you prefer? Who would win the trade? Who who do we think has the higher ceiling or, or the higher value for the rest of the season? And this is taking everything into account because I think if mm. you went purely per game, it's Kyrie. I still think he has that higher per game yep. value on a consistent basis, but mm. we've already seen him miss time. Mm. We know that he's, he's in and out. Derek White has, has been arguably the Celtics' most consistent player. And and when on a lineup with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kristaps Porzingis, to say that is it's out there. Like it's I don't know if it's a hot take, but but I think he has been. No, Um, I agree. 
So who are we thinking? You you lead us off here, Skitty. This was yours. So who do you prefer here? Okay, you kind of uh, yeah, you kind of stole my thing where I was about to what I was about to say, and um, I was going to make a real like Max. Mac, what's his name? Max Kellerman, the bloke that said, "I'm taking Iguodala." Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I dead set think that the Celtics to become whole is because of Derek White, and he is pretty much their most important player at the moment. Right? He is. He's got the best uh, plus minus on the team, and he's basically just like connecting all the dots. It's like Drew to White, White to Porzingis, White. Then to Brown, then and then Tatum Brown together, and then he connects them back to the other two. He is just the glue that is holding that whole lineup together. He does everything that they need him to do. He's getting the assists. He's coming weak side for it. He's been getting so many blocks as of late as a guard. It's ridiculous. He also gets the steals that you want. Um, he's coming in for rebounds. Also, he's. I know it's. I know I might be talking out my ass a little bit. I'm going a little bit on the high side, but his three-point shooting and the amount of shots that he's getting is just, is fantastic as well. So he is currently shooting 42% from three on six and a half attempts a game. He's shooting an extra two attempts a game and his three-point percentage is up 4%, which is then also, he's also shooting 50% from the field. I'm aware that if that comes down, we are not currently looking at the, I think he's 16th for the season right now, but he's yeah. fifth in the last month. So shooting at 424 from three yeah. point over the season, and it's so, his, it's a career, it's a career year from deep. Yeah, exactly right. And I I know that the blocks and steals are a very fluctuating, you know, category for fantasy. But I think it's just such a solid role that he has. He does all of these percentages. <laughs> And he he's the guy that the Celtics can't afford to sit and rest. He has to be the one that stays on the floor for them. So I would be happy. I'm sorry, but I am happy. And I know it's going to piss a lot of people off, but I'm happy to take Derek White in a trade for Kyrie Irving. I think that the amount that... I think Kyrie, as great as he is, it's we know he's second field with the Luka. It's Luka's team. Kyrie would have to be able to keep scoring. Like when he was playing with Luca, and you look at the box score or you watch the game and you're like, oh, Kyrie's got 20, but it looked like the toughest 20 points he's ever had to score in his career. Like, and then the assists, yep. The steals as well. You, you know, you're just not, it's not the same Kyrie. And I know he's been out and we've got to wait to see what he's like when he comes back. But man, I'm telling you, I'm really loving what Derek Wright's been been uh, been bringing out this year, so look, I'll eat yeah. crow on it too. I'll, I eat crow. I, I was happy to like with the with the Drew Holiday going to Boston and Derek White being there. Let's be honest, Derek White was a fantasy analyst's wet dream in Boston before the season began. And yep. the second we all sued, the, we all we all collectively sat there and our hearts crumbled and violins played for the guy season. The second we saw that Drew Holiday rocked up in Boston. There is no way, shape, or form we thought he was going to be this exceptional at the basketball player this season. He's very good. He, he's very good at the game of basketball. Oh, yeah. And he's showing the, all the tutelage that Pop put into him in San Antonio. He's right there. And this is as well, like where they are, sit for the season on their overall rankings, it's not too dissimilar. Kyrie had a really slow start out the gate as well. We need to, we need to factor in that Kyrie could potentially be higher in the rankings because in the last two months, he got down as low as 15th in the last rank, 
so he's played some exceptional basketball, but he was the thing that Kyrie sucked at to begin with is the thing that makes him elite, which was his finishing to start the season. Even his little gimmies, like those little gimmies from Kyrie, those little, when he gets to the bucket, he can just finish with this any hand, just like, it just, it's, he's a, he's a, he's a fucking wizard. He's a basketball wizard around the yeah. rim. It yeah. wasn't there to begin, but then it, it came back and everything was clicking and it was firing and now it's not. So on the back of the heel injury, depending on what that has, there's always the whole, like, could he be traded? Yeah, I think there's some stability in Derek White, man. Yeah, look, I think I'm going to go 3-0 here. I, I think, oh, for me, like I touched on earlier, it comes down Suck to categories and, and statistical needs. wins. But <laughs> I think... I think I just feel safer with Derek White. Yeah. Um, I, I mm. As I said, I don't think his upside is quite as high. Mm-hmm. Probably the only reason I would take Kyrie over him is in a roto format because you can afford some missed games. But in saying that, Derek White does far more across the board than than Kyrie. Yes. So if you need points, I'd go Kyrie because yeah. I still think he, he scores more. But if you look at assists... I think they're pretty comparable. I haven't got the numbers up, but I think they're probably uh, both around five and a half to six per game this year. We have so, up here. Yeah, Kyrie's so at 5.2. Kyrie, yeah, 5.2, and Derek White is currently at 5.2 as well. Okay, so they're close. So so yeah. there's no advantage there. Um, nope. Three-pointers are probably pretty close as well because, as you said, Derek uh, White has been elite from three this year. So, yes. so there is an advantage. It is actually... Derek White's actually beating Kyrie. Kyrie is at 2.5 and Derek White's at 2.8. There you yep. go. Yep. Um, defensive stuff, we we know. As you said, it, they are low-volume categories and they do shift, but we've got a big enough sample size from Derek White. Like, this is yep. this is years yep. that we've seen him be. This is, this, is shot, shot this, is, this is shot blocking at a league best level. Yep. Like, he's out, yep. he's out blocked Chet Holgren. And apart yeah. from Chet's blow up today, like this is a yeah. guy who's been getting in racking up numbers that are mm. unheard of for a point guard, like mm. unheard and of. And this is who he is. He, he's done yeah. this for years. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, look, I think I would go Derek White as a yep. just a safer option. Um, I'd feel more comfortable with him. I'm not. You're not going to get those sort of forty point blowout blow up games that Kyrie will give you. But when you look at it across the season, you're going to get far more defensive stuff. Um, he's yep. a decent rebounder, and and for uh, you touched on the three point shooting. Now I'll move to the next one quickly. But for me, a three point shooter becomes elite when I'm watching them, and you're surprised when they miss. There aren't many yeah. guys yeah. when you you yeah. watch them shoot yeah. and they miss. Yeah. Steph Curry is obviously one. You just expect every shot to go in. Mm-hmm. Derek White is getting to that level yeah. when where yeah. he spots up. He's so open because they have Jason yep. Tatum and Jalen Brown and Chris Porzingis and Drew Holiday. He's so open. Those corner threes, you you, you just expect them to go in. And, and he's yep. shooting, as you said, at 42.4% yeah, or, or yep. whatever. So, um, yeah, Derek White, there you go. Who, who would have yep. thought a month ago or two months ago? <laughs> yeah. um, hey, in our, in our first pot together, the one with the – the wheel or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Everyone else, I was so high on Derek White. So I want everyone else to know. <laughs> no, nah, I didn't I didn't predict this. No, nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> no one predicted this. No one predicted Outrageous. this, but, but some were, were still higher on him than others. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. 
So the next one that you came up with was, uh, I mean, they're not technically in the same position, but but they're similar. Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards. Um, mm-hmm. Coming into the season, Anthony Edwards was probably going a bit high in drafts yep. when, we, when we look back, and, and I think some of us were, were, were sort of telling people to be a bit cautious with taking him in the first round. Um, and Jalen Brunson, I think we, we were probably a little bit uncertain. Like last season, he was awesome. But what can he do? Like, how can he how can he improve? How can he get better? Lead us away, Skiddy. Who who are you going in in a trade? Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards. Who would you prefer here? It it this one's a really really tough one, and that's why I wanted to bring this one to the table because I feel like I don't know about you guys, but I know Ant's got the higher upside, right? right. But I'm feeling Brunson's just so more stable and reliable, and like after you know seeing how dominant he can be i feel like the reason why everyone was so iffy on brunson was because we weren't sure how the one two battle was going to work in new york whether it was going to be randall was able to give brunson the reins as being the number one or if they were just going to keep going for randall but what seemed to be happening is thibodeau's just said Brunson, Randall, and Barrett are the only people yep. in this Knicks starting lineup that's allowed to shoot the ball. No one else is allowed to touch it. Doesn't matter if it's Vincenzo. Doesn't matter if it's Grimes. Doesn't matter if it's Sims. Doesn't matter if it's Hardenstein. Doesn't matter if it's Robinson. You're not allowed to touch the ball. These three players shoot, and that's that. So now Brunson's numbers are reflecting a bit more in the, you know, I think he was going like, what, third or fourth round while Ant was going first to second or so. But Brunson's numbers are now really reflecting where uh, he is now currently at. So he's averaging 26 with almost three threes a game, uh, six assists and a steal on almost 50% shooting, which has been a massive part of why he's up so high. So I, but I know in saying all that, right, we look at Ann Edwards and we can see the upside. It's a guy that can get you, 30 points, five rebounds, five assists, a steal. And $100,000 from his bank account really quickly. Jeez. Yep. And I'm not going to say the word, but we all know what he likes. Um, But uh, (laughs) so what my, my thing about Brunson is, right, is that he's doing all, all of this and he's, I think he's currently ranked, I think he's third. I think he's thirty-six in the past. Thirty-eight, I'm, and that, and this is my defense. When you put this forward, Skitty, I'm I'm going to jump to you straight away. I was really surprised because this exercise was based on the last three weeks of, like two days ago, wasn't it, boys? Like when we said to put the numbers yeah, yeah. down, was we're going to bring it was two days ago. So there's been some some data moves since then, but two days ago, I made notes when I got Wi-Fi for a second. Hello, um, Ann Edwards was the eighty-first ranked player in the last three weeks. Yes. I was like, oh, hello, all right. Jalen Brunson's been the 38th ranked player. Mm. And immediately you see that in proportion. You're like, wait a second, that's double the, that's a, that's a double jump. Like you, that's trading up a significant amount. That's fourth round value for like eighth, ninth round value right there. So mm. like the exercise of it's that three weeks, like Brunson gets it across the board. Yeah, I think it's just more impressive that Oh, when, sorry, when I also checked, Jay, it was, uh, I think Brunson was 54th and Ant was 55th uh, at that time go. when I had done it. So um, I think it's just impressive what Brunson's been able to do is because he doesn't really get, he, he doesn't get you any blocks, right? You, yeah. 
no blocks whatsoever. So, but Ant has that ability to be able to do it. But I just think that what Brunson's ability, like his ability to be able to generate the other numbers, has just been phenomenal. He shoots a lot on good percentages. His free throws have come up, which is really, really nice as well. And yeah, the assists and everything. So as good as I think Ant is, uh, I just think that they're trying, they're deferring too much of it to everyone else rather than just being Ant's show while New York is more being generated around Brunson. And I'm actually, I'm taking Brunson over Ant, even though I think the upside for Ant is better. Um, but I think I just feel more secure with how Brunson has been able to shine in this role that he's now been given. Jay, right. thoughts? Um, Matty? My, my <laughs> thoughts, I was going to say Kingy because I went for first thoughts last time. So I was going to go Kingy for thoughts now. You go, you oh, go yeah, Kingy. Kingy. Yeah, uh, Kingy. Yeah, look, it, it is a tough one. Um, it's probably one that, where my opinion might change from day to day, honestly. Mm. Um, it's It would flip-flop. Like Brunson had that 50-point game a week ago or something. Um, I feel like... I feel like Edwards, despite the fact that he had a higher ADP and um, a lot of hype and that sort of thing, I do feel like he's flying under the radar a bit. Um, just in terms of... Because I think the Wolves have been so good. Cat's been really good. Gobert has been far better than last year. Oh, so I, I, I think Edwards is just sort of... He's, he's chugging along. He's doing what he needs to do. Whereas Brunson... He's getting a lot of hype in New York for, for what he's doing. Um, and as you said, he, he is the focal point, um, mm -hmm. and rightfully so. Uh, Randall should not be the focal point. Barrett should yep. not be the focal <laughs> point. So I, I feel like, yeah, Brunson, if, if you were to put this trade up, um, people would sort of go, they'd have to go and check Edwards' numbers. Um, yeah. if, if you weren't, if you didn't have him on your roster, He's not a guy that you probably would go and go, oh, he's been pretty good this year. Um, I'm going to go Edwards slightly mm -hmm. today. <laughs> that Fair enough. be different tomorrow. Today. Today. Um, today. Today, today I'm going to go Edwards just slightly, um, I don't know, a little bit more. Just that, as you said, he, that defensive upside. Yeah. He's, he's good I on the defensive end. His free throws have, have picked up this year. Uh um, I feel like he's he's figured out his role. He's not a he's not going for thirty points every night. He's happy to be 24, 25 points, and and with these other guys around him doing a bit more, um, he's getting some. He's had some double digit assist games, I think, this mm -hmm. season. Yep. Um, as has Brunson, of course. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it's Edwards slightly, but I, I do think it, in a trade like this, this is a trade that you could look at and go both people are winning the trade. Yeah. Because I I, I I don't think there's a loser as such. I agree with that. The only, like, the only reason why I wanted to bring this one up is it's it's a good borderline to show that, hey, even though Ant was, a, like, his ADP was so much higher than Brunson's, yeah. it's okay to be able to, you, you can see where you can meet in the middle. And, yeah, I 100% I agree with yeah. you. So, and, look, that, that would be a thing as well. If you, if you had Edwards and you were looking to trade him away, what you're looking to get back – Brunson might not be in your mind good enough because you correct you took Edwards at, with pick fifteen, yeah, and whoever got, whoever got Brunson got him with pick thirty five. Mm -hmm. So 
that in their mind they might go, well, no, I, I need a first round player back here yeah. in a trade, which of course you're not going to get because Edwards is not a first round player. So exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm. Um, look, I do a thing with um, Mally uh, on the Tuesday pod that I do over an insight about where we kind of like we we make these rules. Like we're like, so there are there certain rules that fantasy managers kind of live and breathe their seasons by. Like, you know, we get ingrained after we play this for long enough to to trade one way or not trade one way. And this and the clear definition of like there's this black and there's this white, but like, you know, in real life, there's this black and there's the white, there's the gray, which is a majority of everything in between. And so we run this, I, I run this concept with him that when you invest so highly in a pick, it's like when you walk into a sale, at, like you, you want a brand new pair of kicks, right? You want a new pair of basketball shoes and you go in there on, on Boxing Day and you want the sale because it's Boxing Day here in Australia or Black Friday sale or whatever it is. And you're like 20% off everything in store and like there's a little small asterisk at the back of it. And so you go in and you go into the 20% off everything and you go and you're like, oh, sick, I'll, I'll take those, man. I wanted those, I wanted those shoes for ages. Like the LeBron 21, sick. Like they're the top Nike shoe, like $280 across the board. You go up to the kid and be like, yeah, finally, I'm going to pay for these. I got a gift voucher for Christmas for 20% off. It's going to cost me like whatever, like 220 That's fine. And you get there and they're like, that'll be $280. Thank you, sir. And you're like, but it's the 20% off. And it's like, no, no, no. That's on most things. We, we as fantasy managers, don't want to take a quote unquote discount on someone we invested so high in. And that is like, I think, a dogma that's actually problematic for when we trade because we invest so highly in a guy like, and I'm looking through their stats again, the last three weeks only, Brunson's field goal percentage is better. They've both had really good, like the, the statistical profile against each other is just uncanny. 2.3 threes a game, crazy. You know, like 4.5 rebounds for Brunson, great. 4.8, you know, for, for Ann. So I just think, I think on I think on that I love an upside and I love an underdog. So I'm going to take Brunson because I'm going to get my chip discount for this one particular thing where I'm going to walk into it and be like, oh, I don't think the Brunsons are 20% off. Wait, the Brunsons are 20% off? And I'm going to get that back because I didn't think that I'd be able to get this guy because what he's going to do is you're going to put him and take him for a ride in your team and you're not going to be unhappy with it. And so I'm, I'm going to pick Brunson on this one. And that leads us to my first one before I got to pour my glass of wine. <laughs> And I oh. wanted to take a glass of wine after that for one hot second. This is my first one, and I'm I'm gonna I might have missed the assignment slightly on this one. When you said it's like a theoretical player battle, I didn't know we were doing a three versus bloody one and fucking voting for it. Because my pitch is this, Your Honor. I am defending my client Carl Anthony Towns today in a court of his peers against one young gun in Victor Wen Van Yama. Now, I only make this case because I don't actually have an opinion and I don't, couldn't give a shit which one of them is on your team. But I want to talk about what we've come back to back with this Anthony Edwards thing. I think it continues that lesson that we can glean. Do we want the safest houses or do we want the flashy upside? So now over the last few weeks, and I'm, I've got to have to look season wide here apart from in the last three weeks as well, because in the last three weeks, um, like I've got them up here by their teams for a second. So Victor has jumped again after his massive block performance in the last three weeks. He is now coming up as the 21st ranked player, not 21th ranked player, 21st ranked player. And Carl Anthony Towns is the 34th. However, on case of the season, when we look at these guys and they profile, Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns is at 26 mm-hmm. and Victor Wembenyama is at 25. Mm-hmm. That's how close that battle is. And I think, Kingy, you hit it on the head here right now. 
these these are the Timberwolves, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to life outside of Christmas. When your Minnesota Timberwolves are the best team in the NBA's Western Conference with a 22 and 7 record, and they are playing good, consistent basketball as a team. This was like the vision that was supposed to happen last year. They didn't couldn't get down to. And I also can't neck a guy for shooting his mouth off some dumb shit about the Denver Nuggets and their final battle in the season with Cat. Because let's be honest, Cat's best performance was a top five fantasy player, right? Yeah. And so here we are all chomping at the bit to say, oh, Victor's going to be a first-round Gawai one guy. He's going to be a first-round guy one day. Cool. Yeah, he, he will be. He's incredible. And I'm not also disma- like dismantling Victor Wembanyama, but we also have to remember, to begin the season, Chet Holgren, another rookie, was better than Victor. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the, not only the three-week lens, but I'm looking at the fact that Victor Wembanyama has gone down recently as well. And how they're going to manage him towards the rest of the season. So when I look at my last three weeks, I'm not just looking at my last three weeks in this trade as well. I'm looking ahead. His blocks and his defensive stats are incredible over Carl Anthony Towns. But Carl Anthony Towns' efficiencies have been better across the board. Mm-hmm. Turnovers down across the board. Playmaking up. He's looking real good out there on this court. And so when you see that last the season and the last three weeks, only buoyed by some incredible block games from Victor, because he's had a couple of really good block games to really, again, those the categorical scarcity, five blocks, three blocks, four blocks in the last week. There's been some sixes and fives and fours. Yeah, I would be able to do that too if I was seven foot fucking 29 and put my arms up above the rim. He gets you, he gets you those that you don't usually get, but can we trust that these San Antonio Spurs with a four and 25 record are going to roll Victor Wembanyama out there all the time towards the end of this season or something mysterious won't happen? Because I'm not sure, because we saw it with Vassell last year. He took a long time coming back to tank. The Spurs are in a full tank mode. They are four and 25. The only team that sucks more than them in truest perspective is the Detroit Pistons. Shout out Detroit. And their own... Hey, hey, shout out to the Pistons out there. And and the and the Washington shout Wizards much. are at five and twenty-five. So they're going for a bottom two pick. They want to lock that bottom two pick in. It's somewhat semi-competitive now with the Washington Wizards. So for me to have those lowest possible odds and already a unquote unquote untampered lottery, I'm probably leaning that I'd like the consistency of cat if I'm especially if I'm punting blocks. I'd probably take cat. Yeah. And that's in a punt blocks build. Overall, I don't know. And so this is where I would like you guys to help convince me but so I can come to a decision as well. Mm-hmm. That's my case. Thank you, Judge Skitty. G. All right, Skitty, you. You, you can conv- try and convince him first. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I um, – okay. I'm, I just – you said before, like, you know, you like if you were seven foot four, you could get 4.1 blocks. The thing is, it's not a hypothetical with Victor. He fucking is seven foot four, and he gets those amount of blocks. So, what what I'm I'm gonna lean Victor on this side, and it's purely because of one reason, and it's nothing to do with like no disrespect to what you just said, Jay, because you nearly convinced me with Cat, and I do agree with you on the uh like the the sit factor for uh, for Wemby. I'm a little bit iffy on that, but the Parts that get me so excited with how good Wemby is for fantasy is that in the last so the last three weeks, we'll have a look at his stats. He's averaging 17 points per game, 1.33s, uh, 13 rebounds, almost four assists, 1.4 steals, 4.1 blocks. 
that's just the counting stats for him, right? His field goal percentage is down. Um, oh no, sorry. He's no, he's field goal. I'll argue back with Cat. Just, just, just as you say that, the profile of Cat: twenty-two point five points, one point three threes, ten rebounds a game, two point six assists, uh, one steal a game, zero point three blocks, five hundred and thirty-eight from the field, eight ninety-eight from the line, and turnovers two point three. I'm, I'm hearing there, G, but there's. There's no way that I Cat is not going to be able to be the leading source of blocks in the NBA like Wemby is. And oh, no way. could have a chance to be up there in the rebound category as well. If he bumps his free throws from, what is it, it's 68 that he's been shooting, I think? Sorry? Yep. Yeah, 63. 63. Back to 63. his average of 77. That's like he's just down in the last couple, but his blocks and everything's been up. He's yeah. slowly learning the game. It's just that his shots a little bit off. I, mate, give me the French fucking Eiffel Tower superstar. Big, give Man, me the, the French big phenom. There's, the no dispu- <laughs> there's no disputing it. My, my main concern though was like if someone offers this trade, what am I looking forward to? Because let's not let, we're not the great Australian Maybe. saying because we're all Australian podcasters is we're not here to fuck spiders. Correct. And so look at what, what are we looking at right now in our fantasy weeks and what's the runway to the end of the season and where does it count? So what happens to get me from here to my playoffs and through my playoffs? Arresting Victor Wembanyama or a possibly season injury three weeks out that's crafty? What do I want then? I want the blocks to buoy me now, but if I'm punting that, Cat's value is... So let's hypothetically no though, punting, no punting, blo- punting blocks you take Cat, yes or no? Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt. But if I'm not, if I'm taking overall, then I want Wemby, and I will run that risk of because ha- he's that good. I will well, run yeah. that risk if um, if he sits or not. We don't know if he's going to. He says that he is. You know, he wants to play every game. He wants to do all this. I mean, I know he he just finished his season late, so he's there's more likely chance that he will sit rather than not. But I still want the seven foot. Four block that averages almost four blocks a game. Give me him. He is sexy. It's a sexy appeal. Kingy, is the sexy appeal there? Who do you like most? I wish he kept that haircut as well. The uh, It's uh yeah, look, it is a tough one. Um punning blocks towns. I think I think yeah. we'll get that out of the way. I think if, yep. if you're punning yep. blocks towns, yep. um if you're not punning blocks, if you just if we're just looking at pure trade one on one. I have Wemby uh, on one of my teams. I don't have Towns on any teams. Wemby is fun. Like if, having him <laughs> on your roster yeah, yeah, is yeah. unbelievable um, because it's been he's missed a couple of games lately. Um, mm-hmm. That that's going to happen. They've already said he's going to miss one. He's probably not going to play Friday, so he's going to play tomorrow. Yeah. Um, probably going to sit Friday. Mm-hmm. This is probably just a hangover from that ankle injury that he that he yep. suffered, um, more than a hey, we're going to rest him on back to backs now. I think this is yep. just to do with that ankle injury. Long term, I do worry a little bit about the rest that they're going to rest him. That sort of thing. I, the tanking thing. I mean, look at it's a concern, but I just think they're so bad anyway. Even with him playing, I just, like <laughs> yeah. I think they, they're going to be bottom three, bottom four, yep. whether they play yep. him or not. Um, so, but I mean, there is still a chance, like if anything happens, if he, if he rolls his ankle, if he cops an elbow to the ribs, anything at all, he's going to miss time. 
So that is a concern. Um, But just you look at his box score and and he'll get four steals and seven blocks and Mm -hmm. three threes and 17 rebounds. Like he, he's such a difference maker that he can win you your league. Um, yeah, 100%. Where I don't think Cat can anymore. Yeah. Not not with Gobert there. So no. it probably comes down to a few things like your build, where you're sitting in the standings. Um, if you're top, you would just keep Wemby and roll with him because mm-hmm. yeah. you, he's, he's got you there. If you're sort of mid-table and you're going, look, I've got Wemby, but he's missed a couple of games and I'm worried... I'd be okay with taking Towns because I think he's safe. He's a 20 and twenty and 10 guy, two, two and a half threes, efficient. He'll get you a steal. He'll get you a block. Um, he just doesn't have that that the heights that Wemby has. So I'd probably still lean Wemby here just, again, like Skitty said, because of his upside, because of what he can do per game. But if you've got any concern at all, I think this is a pretty fair trade um, mm. given that they will both, other than the blocks, the numbers will be somewhat similar. So uh, the efficiency, Wemby's efficiency is up and down, which we knew it was going to be like that coming into yep. the season. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I'd okay. probably lean Wemby slightly uh, just purely because of that upside and, and how much fun. I mean, I've got him and Chet. On on a roster, and yeah, it's love that. I'm not really doing well in the league because <laughs> because I, I struggle. But blocks, I think I had in one week, um, I had 69 blocks. I think. Oh was my that not god! Many, was that not how many three pointers made for the week? Is that no, just... that, that was Jeez. blocks, and that, that's because I've got I've got Wemby and I've got Chet and I've got Brooke Lopez. Oh my god! Um, oh my and, god! And I had Anthony what? Davis, but um, <laughs> traded traded him, and I've got Yusuf Nurkic, and I've got Nick Richards, and I've got Dayron Sharp, and I've got Andre Jesus. Drummond. Oh, so, so did you? Did, are you, are you is it positionless basketball? And you just be no. like, I want the biggest boys. <laughs> I want all the big boys. Yeah, it's it's not positionless, and, and my I it's the industry pickup league that I'm that I'm in. Oh now. wow! Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think so I think the lesson we can take. Oh, go on, Skitty. No, no, I, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, cat safer. Um, Wemby, yeah, if like you know you're up top and you just want to keep it going. I reckon you said it perfectly there, Kingy. So, yeah. um, well, I think that I think the yeah. lesson that we can take from that then is this: go get cat if you're punting. If you've got Wemby and you're punting blocks and you're like semi-competitive, but you win it some weeks and you don't win it some weeks, and he's the only guy doing you justice in your league with your blocks. Go and try for cat and range yourself out and get rid of that one, that one category. Maybe that's yep. a lesson you can get. Maybe there's some guys out there who can pivot that way. Or if you if you're not hunting for blocks and you're looking for a good get and you're thinking for someone, go go cat hunting. But if you love yep. that sexy upside of your French of, of your French phenom, meow. go get some go get some kitty. Otherwise, go get a baguette and and, and just feast on one of those ones. My next one. Oh Jesus! I'm not going to get that glass yeah, of wine anytime soon. Um, this is a we, we've got a photo of Scoot Henderson. We're talking about Scoot <laughs> Henderson, and now I have a photo of someone in a hoodie. We because someone in a hoodie. Because Maddie just said to me in his in this player battle, Scoot Henderson versus the field. I think it was something. Like <laughs> I that. sent a photo. Screw you, can you? I sent a photo or whatever because the, 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 theoretically you did. speaking, you we did. Are, yes, we are looking over the last three weeks and who we want. And I was like. Guess who's come back from injury recently and who's been, 
you know, I know he's, I think you own him. I'm looking up in the league. You don't own yeah, him I in know. one There you go. I own him in one league. I picked him up when Darius Garland went down. But his, I want to argue for Scoot Henderson because I feel probably bad. I probably feel bad for Scoot Henderson. So this is my argument. The guy has not had a great rookie season. But apart from Victor Wenbanyama, and this feeds onto my last one with the whole rookie, with the whole rookie shenanigans being that put put take him out of the equation for a second. We all know the second that Victor Wenbanyama declared to be in the draft this year, he was going as you know the unequivocal number one pick. Mm-hmm. Who was who was next out the blocks? Who who is your number two pick? Oh, Scoot. There you go. So what we're doing is he's had a shitty start to the season. Then he was maligned by injury. And we've, and we've kind of talked Scoot down a, a fair degree. So I want to come back and give Scoot some love. Now, I'm just only flagging Scoot with this one. In the last couple of weeks' time, his minutes have increased. His three-point percentage in the last week has started to creep up. His free throw percentage is excellent. He's starting to get some more minutes, and those are starting to ramp up now as well. That's what we like to see for Scoot Henderson. Because what I want to talk about is like when I said the rest of the field, I literally want to talk about the rest of the field. Because I'm going to look at the guys at the bottom of the 150 players over the last three weeks. And then when you start to look at it, you're like, oh, wait a second. Scoot might have more upside than some of these guys. So this is more of a watch this space on Scoot and see where he's at in your leagues. Because I think there could be some end of season value in Scoot Henderson. Because let's talk let's talk guys from one in the last – because you said to use Basketball Monster. So shout out, Josh. What's up to the team over there? Um, oh, yeah, Josh. Here's your 133, Dorian Finney-Smith. Your 134, Clarkson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Derek Jones, who we've already said should be way higher, Eric Gordon, Sam Merrill, you mean the shoes? Aaron Gordon, hey, Chris Paul. I want respect on Sam Merrill's getting... name. You don't no, talk shit no about respect. Sam Merrill. He's the GOAT. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are they the shoes that your dad wears? Uh, Andrew hey. Nemhard, Dayron hey. Sharp, Kyle Lowry, and Jordan Poole. But then again, let's get some real let's get some real names out here. Like I'm talking like perennial, perennial all stars of the uh, of the end of season. Noah Clowney. G'day. You know we're looking at guys like this in this, and 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 uh, would we not like a Scoot Henderson on our teams with the potential that he has if we can afford that spot in our leagues, especially with the back to back coming up this week when this pod goes. This is a guy who's got minutes. He's much improved, and I can see him putting his string together, especially with the runway towards the end of the season, to be a lot better than a bloke who gets the one thirty second value like a Noah Clowney. And he could still exist out there on your waiver wire. So I'm just looking around, and, and someone who maybe be on one of these sites and, and looks up the odds of these guys might not be that impressed with him. But I think there's room for improve. Like the 11 assists last game on the 17 points is fantastic. His elite free throw percentage as well is amazing. His field goal percentage is in the shirt, but I, I would like to argue the case to keep your eyes on Scoot Henderson as a as a must-watch player come the end of the season at any chicanery, which is already starting, which is already starting, mind you, in Portland. Mm-hmm. There it is. There's my case to Scoot. Going? You're going. You're yeah, going. You go, you? Okay. Yeah, you go for it. Oh, that, look, yeah, look, I, I couldn't agree more. I think when I do my nightly things on Twitter where I talk about who are we holding, who are we dropping, that sort of thing, I've had Henderson as a hold for the last couple of weeks and, and I constantly get people message me and comment and say, why are we holding Henderson? Or I dropped him and I haven't regretted dropping him. And, and I get it. Like he, he's been up and down. He's been inconsistent. But the pathway is there. The, the, yeah. 
the minutes will be his. Um, Brogdon will be out of the equation, whether it's just because he he breaks down again or they trade him. So, yeah, look, I, I would say within a month, Henderson is probably starting playing 34 minutes. Percentages are going to be in the toilet. We know that. We knew that coming into the season. That that happens all the time with rookie guards. But the assists are there. As you said, he just had 11 assists. Free throws are elite. He can score. We've seen him score. We saw him do it in the G League. So, yeah, I like I can't argue that if he's on your waivers, I and the only instance where you might not is if you you're really struggling and you can't afford any of these sort of stash yeah. guys because that's mm. he does fall into that category to some degree. But in in most situations, I'd be more than happy to to grab. I tried to grab him in one of my leagues, and someone beat me to him. Um, yeah, I think he has as you, those names that you mentioned there. Um, he certainly has more upside than, than those players. Um, <coughs> oh, Seth, maybe, maybe not Sam right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, my boy. Let's go, Kenny. <laughs> so yes, I agree. I agree. I I would certainly. Um, consider him someone that should be rostered in, in every league at the moment. Yep. Yep. Uh, I also agree with you, G, on that. I think he's upside Great. to the end yes. of the season. Fuck he's yeah. just Come on. way too high and too good as being the starting point guard. Yes, sir. I have a little bit of worries about Brogdon. I I know a lot of people just think he's going to get like bought out and shipped off to another team. But all reports are saying that he's enjoying being in Portland. And I think he's really good for Portland as well, to be able to teach Scoot, to be able to teach Simons, to be able to teach these younger players how to actually play. But he doesn't need to see ball. minutes, to, but he doesn't need to see minutes to do that. Like he doesn't I, need to see minutes. He could be that presence off the bench or that extra coach and have a little bit of run because I think they respect Brogdon. And I think I, this is, yeah. I, I agree. I absolutely 100% agree. But it depends if Brogdon is able to do that because I think they respect him so much that they are going to, keep giving him some minutes as well. I don't know how many, but I feel like they will still give him some minutes while they try to teach them how to do it. But yeah, I agree that the upside is still there, G. So yeah, absolutely. I will take Merrill, but there is some players around this 150 mark that could be knocking on the door. If you're getting close, let me just, uh, Simone Fontecchio. Yeah. I mean, in Utah, that's, that could be a shout. Um, Andrew Nemhard in Indiana, maybe. Um, oh, oh, yeah, we got a bit. Craig Porter Jr. in Cleveland. Yeah, no, that, oh, that's a little something. Yeah. How about Jermaine Samuels for Houston? I'm out of it. Fuck it. Let's go to the next <laughs> Bless one. You. Can I get a drink here? Can I get a drink? You can run a drink. in an hour. I'm right here. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> make a waffle. We can. I'll jump to the next one. Two left. Yeah, Two left. tell us we'll, about we'll it. No, I'm back already. I want to see. I was never really gone. No, you're just drinking straight from the bottle, so it's easy when you don't have to pour it. Heck, it's been Australian, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Scotty Barnes, Paul George. Um, Now, someone actually asked me – no, this was offered in in a league, actually, that I'm helping um, someone in, and someone offered Paul George and – who was the other player? Paul George and someone for Scotty Barnes. Okay. Um, so that got me to thinking about that's that's why I came up with these names. Um, yeah, look, it's it's 
interest similar players. Um, mm-hmm. Paul George is obviously far more proven. We we yep. know how good he can be. Injuries are always sort of just in the back of our minds. What's the next injury? What's going to happen? How many games do we get out of him? Whereas on the Scotty Barnes side, it's well, is this sustainable? Is this who he is now? Is he the man in Toronto? Um, or is there going to come a time when OG Ananobi remembers how to play or Pascal Siakam just wants the ball, wants to dominate again? So it, it, it's a... It's an interesting one. Um, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna palm it off and see what yeah. <laughs> you guys think first. Um, let's go with uh, with with Maddie and his fresh, oh. freshly uh, lubricated mouth. Oh my! I haven't even taken a sip yet. Let me lubricate for a second. Oh, that sounds so dirty. It's all right, but it sounds also so right. It's morning okay. glory. It's fine. It oh, is. Yeah. All right, shout out, shout out to OG Ananobi because he has come down to the 60th ranked player in the last week after being having a really shitty season. So you touched on a really important there because I'm an OG owner in one league and mm-hmm. I am working him in a trade for a two-for-one in a league right now only because I actually like what he's been doing lately. Mm-hmm. I actually think he was down for the season. He had a great one last year, so we were expecting a bumper back. But I call it a bounce-back Barnsley from the get-go. So I, I can make this – and Skitty, I think you were on that pod with me as well from yeah. the from the jump when I did it. I've called him bounce back by because I believed that he could be better this year than he was previously. I truly did. I, I truly did, and I like that. And the one thing that scares me with the Clippers is that they're the Clippers. And, and, and I don't think I can give my last will and testimony of any team in the NBA more than what happens with Los Angeles and Paul George and mysterious things around this kind of New Year trade deadline. The Clippers are also doing really well. Like they've been on a really nice run. The Clippers have bumped into fourth place on 18 and 12. Now, this is the crazy thing right now. We all said earlier about how shit the Lakers have been lately, but they're still 10th tied for the 11th place with the Golden State Warriors on 15 and 15 with the Jazz who we know will probably not get into there at the 10. The Rockets could fall. The Pelicans with their injuries could fall. We don't know what's going on with Dallas and their hot start. I'm just unsure of the sustainability of of the, of the Clippers. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's my major concern here. I love Paul George. I think he's an incredible player. He has been the 15th ranked player over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. But, but Kawhi has been amazing as well. But is this sustainable? Is being the best team in the NBA sustainable? And I think not. I think back to the flashes of Paul George that we've had. I think back to that. And I think about those times we talked about Paul George, like what, three seasons ago, like four seasons ago in OKC as an mm-hmm. MVP candidate. Like those were the whispers we had about the bloke. So my hat off to him. He's been incredible. But I, I do like Scotty Barnes. So I'm going to take Barnes just on the fact that um, I love Scotty Barnes. And I think there's more of a, a possibility that he has continued and sustained value with any trade scenario that happens with Toronto than what could happen with anything going forward with with poor George. I think this is the best we got. I'm going to take Barnesy, even though he's regressed a little bit since the beginning of the season. I think I'm just going to take Barnesy. Yep, fair. Skitty, thoughts? Barnsley for me, Kingy, um, because it's a for me it's a pretty uh, clear cut one in my opinion, right? Paul George has got Kawhi, Harden, Westbrook, everyone that's going to be eaten off his plate a little bit. 
Barnes and Siakam are the only two in Toronto. It's it's their show, and I feel like they're starting to give a bit more of the keys to Barnesy. We had a lot of fears about Barnes and his playmaking ability to start the season. Right, he's been able to show six assists a game per year uh, per game this se- uh, this season so far. What I think though that is completely unlocking this whole. Uh, this whole transformation of Barnes from what we saw in his rookie season to last year, where he had a bit more of a down year. He's hitting 2.13s a game, and it is unlocking the whole of the Raptors' offense. So him being able to shoot and shoot consistently is now putting more pressures on defense. He's been able to open up everything else for Pascal, for Podal, for Ananobi, and then his driving is obviously elite. Let me pose a question to you, Kingy, just, and, and G, actually, as well. When you draft Paul George so high, right, what cats are you trying to take when you're taking Paul George that high? Um, well, I didn't draft him for that reason. No, but if I was, um, it'd probably be steals. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that would be probably number one. Um, points. Percentages. Mm-hmm. Solid yeah, free points, throw percentage. Threes points, and, threes, and yeah. yeah. So it's points, threes, steals, free throw percentages. If you don't give a shit about free throws, that's the only thing that Paul George is wiping the floor. That's the only category that Paul George is wiping the floor with Scotty Barnes with. He's being compatible with threes. His steals are up neck and neck with Paul George, but he gets you more blocks. His rebounds are about there. He gets more opportunity now as well. This is for the season. Before, like Paul George as well, when he had those big games without Harden, Harden's not leaving now. So, if you don't, the only thing that brings down Scotty Barnes is his free throw percentage. Fair enough. I don't, I don't mind about that. If he's getting me almost 1.5 steals and 1.5 blocks a game with six assists, and he's able to shoot threes and he's getting about 20 points per game, yeah, sign me up. I'm taking Scotty Barnes every time here. So, technically, my opinion doesn't even matter here because he's already got two <laughs> votes, but. But you're also, you know, the king of the podcast and fantasy analyst. So, yes, we all want to hear it. It's more than a hung jury for you, mate. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Look, oh, my opinion hung is jury. Scotty Barnes as well. So, hey. I was, I was, pr- I was probably going to go Scotty anyway. But the Raptors moved Dennis Schroeder to the bench today. Yep. It's huge. Barnes is the point guard. So yep. that was, I think. Not a concern coming into the season, but it was it was sort of like, oh, is he going to be point forward, point Scotty Barnes? But then Schroeder came in and he started, and, and he's been all right, but not great. Mm. If they're going to keep Schroeder on the bench uh, and start Gary Trent as they did today, I don't. There's no word on whether this is an ongoing thing or just mm-hmm. um, a one-off. But if they are going to keep going with it. Um, then that that just solidifies for me Scotty Barnes uh, as the right option here. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think both are probably top twenty players this season. Um, possibly Paul George is like half a round better. Or maybe not even that. If if you look at p- pure per game numbers, end of the year, maybe Paul George is like fifteen and Scotty Barnes is eighteen, something like yeah. that. But. Scotty Barnes is giving us those defensive stats. He's giving us the assists. Mm-hmm. Paul George, like the, the Clippers, as you said, they're loaded. Like they're loaded. They've got Harden. Loaded. They've got Westbrook. They've got Kawhi. So if if Paul George gets a hamstring injury, gets anything, 
you're out for two weeks. They they, yep. they can do that. Raptors are shit. They need Barnes <laughs> out there. Um, he is he's the future of their team. Um, we've pretty much heard everyone else on the roster rumored in trades. Siakam and Anobi, not Barnes. Barnes is the one that they seem to be um, pretty happy with him as their building block. So, yes, so Barnes, for me, not that it matters. Um, yes, it does. And the last one. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I sort of, went, sort of went middle, spicy. like top 50, top 60 range for this one. Jalen Williams and Miles mm. Bridges. Uh, I have both of them on multiple rosters this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've got a lot more invested in Jalen Williams because I drafted him, whereas Bridges I got off waivers or with my last pick. Yeah. Um, yep. But he's been he's been good. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. talking purely fantasy. I, I'm not talking about him off the court. Apart from as that, a apart from that one week like where that. he did not hit a three pointer in a yep. um, in a three point percentage league in three games. Was it three games? I think it was the third. I think it was in the third game or whatever it was. And he'd gone like one from seven, like zero from seven. And then yeah. he finally hit where he was like one and nine against Miami. And I was like, fuck, there goes my three-point percentage in I-League for the week. Thank you, Miles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Other than that, he's been good. Um, obviously, yes. no Lamelo has helped. So he's been able to sort of play as more of a leader on that squad. Um, but I think probably rest of season, both of them are probably fifth or sixth round players. They're pretty similar in what they do in, in, their, in their stats. Um, yep. They're sort of 18, 18 to 20 points. Um, Bridges is probably a better rebounder, but but both will get you one, 1.2 steals. So pretty close. Um, yeah, th- this one's a, a hard one for me. Um, so, again, I'm going to uh, pass <laughs> it off. I'm going to let Skiddy go because I'm going to run and grab yeah. a drink from the fridge as well. You should do oh, that. that. Treat yourself, King. That's absolutely fine. Um, Talk to me, Skitty. <laughs> so, tell tell me about the boys. I don't know. I, I'm this one's a really really hard one for me, just because I think that I lean Miles Bridges. Like when I think of this, like instantly, I think Bridges on top first instantly. Right. Yeah. I, I I I have trust. In in Dub, but not as much trust to perform in him than I do Bridges. We know that his numbers were inflated because of the amazing amount of steals that he was able to generate at the end of last year. Yep. Um, what's he on for the season this year? So he's 0.9 for the season this year. So his numbers are obviously down a little bit um, steals-wise. His points are obviously up. Um, his rebounds are down. His assists are up. His free throw percentage is sky high, and I think that yep. is in due part to why he's looking a little bit better. And he's shooting 50% from the field, which is I, – I think that's about right just because uh, – maybe a little bit down, but, like, OKC is so good, and Shea passes when he needs to pass and shoots when he needs to shoot. I just think that Miles Bridges, his scoring is down as of late because – I believe he needs Lamelo to be Mello, there with 100%. him to be able to really flourish. I think that Bridges without Lamelo is taking so many more 
you know, self-creation shots where it's just a tougher shot for him as we welcome back the uh, the legend Kingy. Um, <laughs> I, I think Good that, to be back. Good that, to be back. They... <laughs> they really they he needs Lamelo. Their connection with yep. Lamelo is just so far superior to what he can do in his own self creation and the one that he has with Terry Rozier. So I I would I'm this, it's a really tough one this one, but mm. I think I'm gonna lean Bridges for rest of season purely because I have more faith that. His rebounds are going to be more um, influential than uh, what Jalen Williams is able to do. I, his steals are about on point. His assists are roughly around. Oh, J-Dubs are a lot better, actually. But I think Bridges come back up when Lamelo's there. Their percentages are about the same as well. And they're scoring. And Bridges got better scoring. So I think I'm going to lean Bridges because of the upside that he can have with Lamelo. I think that the Thunder is so obviously Shea's team and J-Dub needs to be able to do... I know this is stupid me saying after a bloke that's just had 36 points and he absolutely yeah. destroyed... Um, I was going to put him in a... I was going to put him into a trade with OG Ananobi and another piece because he, he's he been improved like two weeks ago. And then I was thought, oh, maybe I'll revisit it like this week. And then when I get reception again... And then that happened. I was like, Fuck. <laughs> "Yeah, I, I'm just I'm going to take Bridges Window. in this trade, but I think it's so bloody close." And yeah, I I like I I like J Dub. He the other one's a mm. uh, Northern Territory ad, but um, yeah, I would take Bridges for fantasy. I think I am. Oh Jesus! It's tough. Did it's you? Tough. I, it's actually not tough for me. I'm actually pretty okay with it, but I don't like to mention the words Jalen Williams because I get aggregated by I've been I've been aggregated by saying that I did not think that he would be a top fifty, no, like early top fifties, <laughs> like thirty five player on the season. I expected him maybe to be between fifty. I think I ended up putting him in my rankings at the end. I think I had him at fifty eight on my big board, like just when we drafted on our you know my friends and family league skiddy on that day. Mm. I think I had him at like fifty seven or fifty eight for memory on that last one. Mm. The last three weeks, if we do the exercise over the last couple of weeks, he's been down as a top 30 player. But on the season, he's been the 60th player. So he's about where I had him. Now, if he goes on a run, we're also seeing this with a a Josh Giddy that has not been good this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we really need to factor in here as well. Does Josh Giddy get better? Mm. Now, if Josh Giddy all of a sudden turns a corner and these things kind of like, I have a feeling that Josh Giddy knew all of this stuff that happened before the season. He hasn't been himself since the beginning of the year. Everything that's going on around him has been has been present. And I, th- I don't think he's been himself. Now, if he improves, who are the guys who are going to get impacted on that? It's not going to be Shea. I think it's more J-Dub than anyone else because Chet's going to do Chet things. I think Jay is the only guy who can get that. And I like Jalen Williams. So I'm going to take with – I'm going to take – my gut pick because I drafted Jalen Williams in every league last year, every league last year. Cause I loved him and I took Jalen Williams, but I'm a very happy miles bridges owner because people left him alone. Like you Kingy on the waiver wire. Now the OKC thunder are a, a much more competitive team this year. And I love that. 
they're the second ranked team in the Western Conference. They've got a lot to play for in a very tough one. The Nuggets are 22 and 10. Again, the Clippers are behind, but they haven't played the same amount of games. So whereas the Nuggets have played 32 games and like they've, they've, they're at 29, they've got to catch up three games. So they've got a really good schedule coming down the pipeline as well. Whereas we look at the Hornets, what are they doing? Seven and 21. What happens there? I've got some skepticism. I think, I think J-Dub could get in that 50 to 60 zone consistently by the end of the season. He's going to have flashes. He's going to have absolute burning, stinking hot games, probably more um, often than – like probably less than often, whereas Miles could probably do them. But I just think consistency-wise and steals-wise and blocks-wise, those are things that I like from Jalen, and I'm going to take him. I think I'm going to take J-Dub. Okay. Uh, well, that doesn't help me at all. Um, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> uh, it's, as I said, I've got both of these guys. So yep. I, I, just as, as a matter of habit, you follow the guys that are on your team a bit more than, mm-hmm. than those that aren't. So I've been watching both of them pretty closely. Um, it, it's a tough one because they the their draft – stock or the what you've got invested in them is so different. So, so as I different. said, for, for Jalen Williams, he was a high draft pick. Miles Bridges was not. He was potentially someone you just picked up off waivers, which I did in a couple of leagues. So if you look at it purely from that respect, I would go Bridges because you've got nothing invested in him. Yeah. Hold him, yeah. nothing to lose. Let's just go. But if you look at them as if you were drafting tomorrow, who would you draft first? Maybe we do it that way. So if, if you were, Ooh, if you were, tomorrow, if you were drafting tomorrow, who on do you current take form. first? Tomorrow, um, on, if it's a draft tomorrow on current form, it's J-Dub every second. It probably I'm still, is. I'm still um, taking bridges. But, oh. yeah, like, and again, I think you can make a case that, as Skitty said there, and I only caught the end of it, but I think with, with some players you look at, like they're playing really well now, but who's out around them? And with yeah. with Miles Bridges, it's Lamelo. He's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you would say, okay, well, Lamelo coming back, he's going to lose some touches, all that sort of thing. I actually think Lamelo coming back, as you said, I think it helps Bridges. him though. Yeah, it does um, help him. It opens so, him up a lot more to to, to cook, and that lob threat that he also possesses yeah. as well with Lamelo is is we can't forget that. No, and two years ago, or whatever it was, when he when he played that last full season, he was top thirty. Top thirty-five, yeah. um, so he can do it. Hornets haven't really improved much since then. They've got, obviously, they've got a better center option now. But um, what you mean they don't have Montrez Harrell on their team anymore? <laughs> better no than one, Mason no, Plumley? You're no kidding. One's better than Plumley. You're joking. <laughs> um, the Plum Dog so Millionaire. They've got Miller. They've got Brandon Miller, obviously, as well. Mm. But yeah, so I don't. I can't really use that as an excuse either. But I. Th- I think I'm, I would probably go Williams very slightly just because, as Maddie said there, I think they're pushing this season. This this like they're in it this season. They're mm-hmm. play, they're pushing for a high playoff seed. They need him on the floor. And for me, probably the one thing that would make me lean Jalen Williams is the fact that he's oh. averaging 0.9 steals. Last year he was at 1.4. So I, ju- I mm. think there is scope for him to increase his steals by 100% so, or, or, or by 50%, sorry, so to go from like one to one and a half, which straight away bumps him up to be a top 40 player. Um, 
that's probably just, the swing category. But I've just realised I am actually going to swing J Dub because I thought. I just, oh, wait, wait, you thought you were talking about the other Jalen Williams? Nah, <laughs> nah, fuck off. Um, no, because I just remembered that the Hornets have a shit house um, playoff schedule, don't they, for fantasy basketball? So. And I think they do, games. Yes. Yeah, I think they have a two-game week or something like that. So they, that actually let me, swings Let me, me be your fantasy doctor. Advanced schedule grid. Hello, hashtag basketball. Um, we are looking at the – which week are you looking at, Skitty? Which one you want? I don't know. Don't they have a two-game week in the in the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, they do. They have one in the week 21. Yuck. All right. Yeah, I'm taking Jade up. I'm switching over. I'm with you, boys. Yep. But yep. other than okay. that, if it wasn't for that, I would take Miles. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think that's totally fair as well. I think this one was a really close one. Um, mm-hmm. I think all the matchups tonight were, were pretty good for a first yep. show. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty that's happy great. with – we talked too long, but that's what happens when you're drinking little fat lamb and <laughs> – With good debates, and, and let's and be honest, I, whatever. <laughs> I think, I think the, the main lesson was I think was going to be really fun doing these. King you made is the uh, – is like sometimes like you want safe, but sometimes you want sexy, and when is it? When mm. is it your time to play safe, and when is it your time to play sexy? And I think that's that's part of the whole thing about fantasy basketball, and we love it. Like when you draft, you draft, you draft those safest houses players. Shout out Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton, and then you shout out to the sexy source guys, like you know your Victor Wembanyamas, your Jay Williams, Kelly, and obviously right. uh, Sam Merrill. I was going to say, but both good options in different aspects, options. though. In aspects. <laughs> Because Oubre is like, you know, good looking, good looking. Sam Merrill's just good at basketball, you know. It's whichever one you want to take. Yeah, good looking is not a fantasy category for anyone. It's not a category. Wondering, category. but um, maybe because it should if, be. Well, if it was, then every, whoever gets the first picks obviously choose an Oubre and everyone else loses. So what's the point? That's right. <laughs> one round draft. <laughs> I'm going to let you boys go because it's getting late. Um, it is. I, I've, I've already said goodnight to my entire family as they head off <laughs> to bed. Um, before I let then you go, let just let tuck me... you in, Adam King. I'm not going to bed. I'm, I'm, I've got plenty of stuff to do. Um, <laughs> just let people know what, what's going on over at Insight. Um, where can they find you? Uh, what's the plan for the rest of the season? Uh, we've been doing almost daily content over there. Ski and I have a show coming at you tomorrow, so you can check us out. Not tonight. We, I return back fully uh, on our podcast tomorrow afternoon. We call it uh, The Heat Check. So we'll be back on, on Friday afternoon or on Saturday morning. We'll put it out on Twitter. We like to go live sometimes on a Saturday morning, you know, just to give the people uh, some things before tip-off. So we'll be back there. And then from this Sunday, Matt, uh, Matrix and I'll be back on with our weekly preview show and daily content now that it's back for the holidays. So we'll be talking all through that one. So make sure you like and subscribe to at NBA GWiz, at Filthy IFS, and of course the uh, at Insight FS for all your fantasy sports. If you're an NRL guy, AFL, um, NR, NBL here in Australia as well, we've got you covered on all the, on all the, on all the sports. Anything to add, Skitty, or it's it's time to retire for the evening? Nah, mate, I'll do what he says. He tells me to come oh, on a pod and I just talk shit. So, yep, exactly yeah. what he said. Just find me there. We do all the good stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's – mate, i got Very nothing good. else to say. I'm just loving this whiskey and shit. And I just love talking to you boys. It's been a great night. Very <laughs> good night. It's what we like Holy. to hear. Uh, at King 91 is where you can find me, at FBI Basketball as well. Um, fbibasketball.com is the website, Discord, all of that stuff. Give us a thumbs up and uh, like, subscribe, all of that stuff. That will do it for today's show. Uh, we're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. 
we will be back next week. Um, hoping this will be a recurring thing, but time will tell. Uh, go and enjoy your drinks, boys. Until next time, catch up. Catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.